to start, I just wanted to tell you about a conversation that I was having with the Lord. I, I was sitting one day talking to the Lord, and I asked him, I said, God, how long is a thousand years to you? He said, to me, a thousand years is like one second. So I asked, well, how much is a million dollars to you? He said, to me, a million dollars is just like a penny. So then I thought about it for I thought about it and I said, God, can I have a penny? He said, Yeah, in a second. <laughs> I couldn't outsmart him that time, Bert. I don't know, I tried. But I'm continuing. This is the last of the series that Pastor George has been doing on making your life matter. And today I'm calling it the heart of the matter because I'm going to talk about five principles that I believe that you need to take hold of in order to live a life that's going to matter, a life that's going to impact the earth, that's going to leave an impression. And the first of those, which I believe is the most important, is knowing Jesus. So I'm going to read from Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. It says, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, and this is a letter that Jesus wrote to the church in Ephesus. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name, and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen, See, this was a church about 2,000 years ago, and they seemed to be the perfect church. They didn't allow evil men to come in and disrupt things. They, they worked hard for God. They were there faithfully with the kids every week. They did everything. They prayed, but one thing they forgot. Jesus said, you forgot the most important thing. You forgot about me. You know, you could do all these things and you could forget God who is called to be your first love. And Jesus said, if you, if you don't love him, if you're not in connection, if you've lost the relationship, if he's not the most important thing, then everything else is meaningless. You're wasting your time. You could come in and serve God you could be faithful. You can pray every day, read your daily bread. And if you don't know him, if he's not burning in your heart, if you haven't walked with Jesus, you're not going to live a life that's going to have an impact. Your life is never going to matter, and nothing you do is going to matter. See, only God can satisfy the empty place in you. In Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19, God said, 
I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them, give them a heart of flesh. See, the Bible says there's a battle going on inside of you. Even as you're sitting in church, the enemy is trying to pull your heart away, pull your attention away. That old person that you used to be that you're not anymore, that wants you to do the things you used to do, will try to pull you back. Will That dead old person is trying to live again. And there are people out there who who desire to have a part of your heart that belongs to God. You know, like that for those single people, that, that guy you just met that says, I'm not like all the other guys, and he's exactly like all those other guys, but he's there to pull at your heart. That's why the scripture says, above anything else you can do, it says in Proverbs, Above all of it, Proverbs 4, 23, guard your heart. Don't give your heart away to anything or anyone that's going to diminish your faith, that's going to pull you away. And all these guys, they all come with the same story. Oh, I'll go to church with you. Except if you don't go, they don't go. There's the clue right there. And then before you know it, do you always have to listen to that Christian music? Do you have to go to church every Sunday? And before you know it, your heart is drifting. You've given your heart away to someone who doesn't have the same passion. That's why the Bible says... Don't be unequally matched. Not, not because you don't value the other person. It doesn't mean you're better than that person. But if you give your heart to someone and they don't love God the way you do, one out of a thousand times you'll win them over and the rest, the other 999 times in my 25 years of experience, they'll win you over. Guard your heart. Everything else you hear in the church, any sermon you ever hear, is a total waste compared to that one message. Put a guard over your heart. Don't love anything or anyone the way that you love Jesus. There's no one else who died for you. There's no one else who's worthy of your worship and your praise. The, the, second, uh, the second principle that you need to live a life that matters is love. So I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 13, which you probably only hear at weddings every time I go to a wedding. We read 1 Corinthians 13, which is called the love chapter. But I'm going to read it again, starting in verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, 
but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. In other words, anything you can accomplish in this life, I don't care if you build a church with 20,000 people. If you didn't do it because you have love, every sermon you preach, you sound like a gong. A resounding gong. You're a lot of noise. I don't care if you're a preacher, you're a minister, you're on TV. If you're not doing it because you love the people you're ministering to, if you're doing it to build your name, to build your brand, to make your name great, to build your own kingdom, you might as well never have done it at all because it's all going to crumble. Anything that we accomplish in this life, and it's not because we love God, it was a waste of time. If I write a check for a thousand, for ten thousand dollars, and I put it in the offering, and I didn't do it out of love, I just threw my money down the toilet. You've got to be motivated by love. Nothing else matters. The scripture said even people who die for Jesus, if they didn't do it out of love, that they died for nothing. See, the, the church in the church, we're mostly known for who we hate. You go to any person out there, and you tell them they're Christian, and they know who you don't like. They know who you don't agree with. They know those people you're against. That's not, that's not the right order. We should be known because we are passionate lovers. We don't do things out of selfish gain. I don't invite someone to my house because maybe the next time it's their turn to invite me. The scripture said, you go invite people to your house who got nothing to offer you at all. You, you go out and bless someone who can do nothing in return. We, we don't go out and help people because one day maybe they'll help us. It's all about love. That's what this whole thing is about. If I'm standing here saying this and I'm not saying it out of love, I'm just a lot of noise. I'm making noise. I might as well tell you to go home. Everything you do, it doesn't matter if it's not done out of love. But I want to tell you something else about love. Love is not a warm, gushy feeling. Love is a commitment. Love means it's unconditional. There's nothing you can do to get me to stop loving you. You don't give up on your marriage because the, that nice feeling you used to have is gone. You don't give up on God because now when you go to church, you don't feel all warm inside. Love is more than that. Love is taking a stance. 
I'm going to love you when I'm not feeling it. When you can't help me, you got nothing to give me. And I'm going to love you back. I'm going to make that commitment. That's how you change the world. Otherwise, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you build. And at the same time, Just as I said that love's not a whole gushy, warm feeling, sometimes love has to be tough. Sometimes if you're going to get ahead in this world, you need a tough love. The scripture says, be, be innocent as a dove, but at the same time, be wise as a serpent. You know what that means? I might love you, but if you're going to tear me down, you're not the one I'm hanging out with. I'm not partnering with you in business if you're not trustworthy. If I can help you, I will. But love doesn't mean that all I do is see the best in everyone. Oh, it's okay. I love you. Yes, I love you. But if I'm going to make my life count, I can't just move ahead with anyone. I don't just let anyone speak into my life. There are people start talking up, I got to go, bye. And you know that's love too. Sometimes you got to love yourself. You got to love yourself enough not to let people walk all over you. You see, there's a wrong teaching in the body of Christ where the scripture says if someone gives you the, the right cheek, then give them the left one too. And people teach that that means let people walk all over you, let them beat you up, just here, you, you did that side, now go ahead. That's not what that scripture means. In ancient Israel, if you hit someone on the right cheek, it was considered a backhanded slap and a public insult, the scripture was saying that if somebody publicly insults you, don't seek revenge. It's not saying that you just let people abuse you and hurt you. You see, there's a difference between love and trust. We say that all the time in the discipleship class. I can love you, but it that might not mean I'm going to let you hang around with my kids. I might love you, but you're not the one I'm going to go out and minister with. See, love is free. Love I give away. Here, I love you. Anything I could do, even die for you. But it doesn't mean that you're going to trust everyone. You've you got to hear this. It doesn't mean that every single person that says they're a Christian is trustworthy, is the person that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get close to. I'm going to be as wise as a serpent. You could call me judgmental, but there are times I got to judge. The scripture says, know those who labor among you. Know the people in your life. Get rid of the haters. Be wise as a serpent. If they're in trouble, you love them. If you could help your hater, you bless them. 
but don't hang around to let them stomp all over you. And that's love too. Love has boundaries. Love is tough sometimes. You'll never get anywhere. You'll never make your life matter if you just say, oh, I'm just, I hang out with everyone. I, I, anyone, anyone can walk with me. I don't care. I love everyone. That is totally unscriptural. The third, the third principle of making your life matter is knowing your identity in Christ. You got to know who you are as a Christian. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, it says, Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Mark 16, 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover See, in the church, the day of the superstar is over. The scripture says these signs will follow those who believe. You can cast sickness out. You could cast the devil right out of people because you got the same Holy Spirit in you as any pastor has. You have all the power and authority in you that Jesus has over the devil. You are not a helpless victim of the force, the, all the forces of the universe. There's power in you as a child of God. You take authority. You walk in authority. You, you got to learn to go home and kick the devil out, so we're going to teach you because we got a devil kicker outer right here. So I'm going to add, Alice is going to come up. And how many of you need the devil kicked out of your house, out of your situation, out of your... I'm going to ask you to stand because she's going to pray and we're going to kick the devil out. And whatever she does, because she knows how to do that in her home, you go home today and you start to do it on your own. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, all the screaming and yelling and kicking out of the devil and, re and rebuking and all that that I can do here, you can do as well. And all the shutting of doors that I can shut in the spirit realm, you can do as well. The trick is not to open those doors again. Once the door is shut, don't open it again. Because you have the power to cast him out but you also have the power to open the door and let him in. So we're going to pray today and you're going to pray with me. And we're going to just close all these doors that either you have opened or stuff that you have allowed to come in. Dear Heavenly Father, first of all, we just thank you for the power that you give us. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you for who you are in our lives. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. 
We thank you for the power that we have through that blood. We thank you for the victory that we have through that blood. And this morning or this afternoon, dear God, we come to your throne of glory asking you, dear God, to give us the courage to give us, dear God, what we need, dear Lord, to shut doors that are the we've opened, dear God. And I ask that those doors be shut. And I ask, dear God, that anything that is contrary to what we believe and what we stand for, that is in our lives to be removed in the name of Jesus. And any spirit that has taken over our home, any spirit that has been wandering in our home, that it does not align with the spirit of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the blood of Jesus, I cast you out. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. And in the place of that spirit, let a spirit of peace, a spirit of healing, a spirit of restoration, a spirit of victory come forth in this home, dear God. You've been evicted, Satan. You've been kicked out. The door has been closed. And no longer will that door be opened. It is not by my might. It is not by my power. But it is by the power of the name of Jesus that we proclaim these things. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated. But you be seated with the knowledge that the same Holy Spirit Alice has you have in you. You don't, you don't need me to go pray, go pray for someone. You go pray for them. You, you tell that sickness to leave. You tell those devils to go. I, you don't, I don't have anything that you don't have. I'm sorry for the elitism in the traditional church that might make you think that we got the hot, super anointed people up here and everyone else, they just, they're just helpless. You've got the power and the authority in you. Everything that Jesus has is in you. Jesus said, all power on heaven and earth was given to me. How much does that leave the devil? So we're not going to fear. We're not going to be afraid. And in terms of your identity, Isaiah 54 says, you have been redeemed. What does it mean, you have been redeemed? It means God saw you as so valuable that he gave his life for you. He paid the price for no other reason than that he loved you. It says when you had nothing to offer him, he didn't save you coping one day that you'll work in the nursery. He saved you because he wants to have a relationship with you. And part of redemption means that he has given you back your value. It's God who determines your identity, your value. You are beautiful. If you got a thought in your head that hates who you are, that hates how you look, you'll never make your life matter. You're letting some jerk from your past determine your future. You are royalty. You are beloved. You are a treasure of the Most High God. 
You have ravished his heart. He is lovesick over you. If you don't get that, nothing you do is going to matter. You are powerful on this earth. You can change your situation. You are not helpless at work in that bad situation. You walk into work tomorrow and you determine, they're not going to kick me out of this place that God gave me. The fourth principle is your faith. It says in John 5, 4, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. If you have faith, even this small, the size of a mustard seed, you could turn the world upside down. You could change your community. But I can always tell when somebody's struggling with their faith. Because they say, well, when are you going to go back to school? When are you going to start that business? When are you going to come up here and minister? Ah, I'm not ready yet. Can I tell you something? In life, you're never going to feel like you're ready to do anything. Can you get that today? I don't care what it is. You'll never feel ready. You'll never be ready to sing the song, do the dance, go to college, get married. I'm not ready yet. Because it's not about how you feel. It's a walk of faith. I step out in faith believing that if I haven't been to school for 30 years that I'm going to succeed because of the God I serve. That if I failed in business five times, this time's going to work because I take God at his promise. It's all about faith. I believe him. I believe his word. I believe his promise. If you're, if you're one of the people who say, well, I love God, but I don't read the word, you'll never make it. you got to get that word in you. you got to get that promise. That says you are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. That you can do all things. If you don't know the word, how are you going to survive in this world? I wouldn't make it one day. Every day I got to proclaim that word over my life. God, you said you are my healer. You are my deliverer. If I didn't know that, I don't know how I could stand. I want to talk about a scripture that regards to faith. In Judges chapter 20, there, back then in Israel, there were different tribes. And one of the tribes, the tribe of Benjamin, they sinned greatly against God. And it's not like today somebody commits a sin and they come up to the altar and we just pray with them and everything's okay. In the Old Testament, the wages of sin was death. So because they committed a sin, God told all the other 11 tribes, you go out to Benjamin and you fight with them and you defeat them because they sinned against me. Aren't you glad you live under the grace of God? 
So all the other 11 tribes, they came against Benjamin. So we're going to talk about the battle. So it says in Judges chapter 20, verse 18, that the Israelites went up to Bethel, and they asked God, and they said, which one of us tribes should go out first in the battle? And the Lord said, Judah shall go out first. So the next morning, they had a word from God. God said, you go out and fight. So they went out. And it says that the Benjamins cut down 22,000 Israelites on the battlefield. That, to me, is the most confusing scripture in the whole Bible. Maybe some of you can figure it out. God said, you go out and fight. You do what I told you to do. You send out Judah first. He gave them a strategy. They went out and 22,000 of them died. And then the next morning, they went back to God. And they said, are you sure we're supposed to do this? God said, go ahead. Go out and fight. The next day, another 18,000 were killed. But God told them to go. You know what that shows me? Sometimes you can be in God's will and you feel like you're getting your booty kicked all up and down East Tremont Avenue. There are days and times where you could be in the will of God and life can be hard. You see, maybe someone lied to you about being a Christian. Oh, just come to Jesus and your life will be wonderful. It'll all be peaches and roses from now on. You'll be walking like in a butter tub, just sliding along. Somebody lied to you. Life is tough sometimes. I don't care if you serve God or not. I can testify to that. There are days and times when it's hard to get out of bed and face another day. And it doesn't mean that you're in sin. You can be doing the will of God. You could be right in the job that God wants you to have. And every day you go in, there's people coming against you. They're gossiping against you. The boss doesn't like you. You can be in a marriage that God gave you. God gave you that spouse, but you're struggling. You know what this scripture says? By faith, sometimes warfare, sometimes serving God means I keep going back. And I go back again. And I get beat up again, but I refuse to give up. You know how I started in my ministry? Every week, I, I lived in Queens, and once a week, I went over the bridge to the Throgs Neck Projects to do a Bible study. And for the first year, there was one person, two people, sometimes nobody showed up. I could have easily said, well, this isn't working. I guess I'm not really called to be a minister. Otherwise, after three weeks, there'd be at least 25 people. But God spoke to me. He said, no, you go back again and back again. You love that one person or those two people. If nobody shows up, then you pray over the community. Maybe you start a business, 
and nothing's happening. Nothing's going on. It doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to quit. I'm giving up. No, you go back by faith. Because it says on the next day they went back to God again. And God said, go back because on this day I'm giving you the victory. But it's only for those who don't give up. Once you walk away on the job that God gave you, now you've got to start all over again. If, God, if you know God gave you that job, you're going to let all these idiots push you out of a position, out of a blessing that God gave you? No, you go back. And you, when you go back tomorrow, you take a thing of oil and you anoint the walls when no one come in early. And say, in Jesus' name, there's change coming in this office, in this job. God, you gave me this job. I will not move. See, that's how you beat the devil. That's how you make your life matter. You don't quit. You don't just walk away. And the last principle to make your life matter is Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done anything, to stand. Sometimes God's just asking you to take a stand. There's a quote that says, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So I want to read a story about King David. See, King David, he raised up mighty men, mighty warriors. And, and they became known as David's mighty men. And they did great works in Israel. So I'm going to go to 2 Samuel 23, verse 8. That talks about what happened with some of David's mighty men. It says, Josheb, Bathshebeth, a Tecumonite, was chief of the three, of the three of the mightiest men. He raised his spear against 800 men who he killed in one encounter. Imagine one soldier killing 800 guys. Next to him was Eliezer, son of Dodai the Aoi. As one of the three mighty men, he was with David. When they taunted the Philistines gathered at Pastamim for battle, then the men of Israel retreated. But he stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eliezer, but only to strip the dead. Next to him was Shammah, son of Agi, the Harite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel's troops fled from them, but Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. So we have these two mighty men. First is Eliezer. He was gone out in the battle. The enemy came, and he looked around, and all his friends were gone. Ever happened to you? 
as soon as you started going through something, people don't answer the phone so fast anymore because you might need help. You know those people? Well, that's what happened to Eliezer. They went out in the battle. The enemy came, and he stood by him. He looked around. He was all by himself in the battle. But he knew his God. And it says he took his stand, and he, his hands froze to the sword, and he defeated the enemy all by himself. You see, if every one of you decide that you're not going to serve God anymore, you're going to still find me worshiping because my faith is not dependent on you. you. People can walk away from me. They could decide, ah, that guy, I'm tired of that ministry. And, oh, who does he think he is? And this, and, I don't care. I'm taking a stand. And then we had Shama. He stood in the middle of a bean field. The same thing all by himself, his friends abandoned him. But it said he stood his ground and he won the battle. That's another confusing scripture to me. Why would he risk his life for a measly bean field? Why would he be willing to die for a bunch of beans? You know why? Because that was God's bean field. And God gave him that bean field. You see, a few months ago I was talking to a pastor. And he was asking me, well, what, what do you do in your ministry besides being a pastor? I said, oh, well, I go to New Jersey sometimes and I do stuff in the inter he, Oh, that's it? That's what you do? Like, who even wants to talk to you? Well, maybe, maybe my ministry doesn't sound like nothing to that pastor. And maybe to you, it's just a measly, little, tiny ministry. But God gave me that ministry, and I'm going to stand in it. And if I die, I die. And if you walk away, if you choose not to be part of it, I'm still going to stand because whatever God gave me is of value to me, even if it doesn't mean anything to you. And you've got to make the same decision. God gave you that family. You don't walk away from the family that God gave you. He gave you that job, that business. He gave you the ability to school. You don't quit school because it's hard. You don't stop the college because you're struggling. You take a stand and God will give you that victory. But you got to make a decision. No matter what comes my way, you could say, devil, you could try to knock me off course, but I'm taking my stand. I want to be like Eliezer. His hands stuck to the sword, which means the word of God. He held on to the promise. When all hell broke loose, when everyone abandoned him, he said, I'm holding on to God. I'm holding on to that word. Do you want to live a life that makes a difference, that matters? Then you got to stand in what God already gave you. you got to be faithful in the little or, or that's going to be it. If God can't trust you with the little... If you're going to run away from the little, why would he trust you with more?
Maybe you don't have much. Maybe you have $10. You be faithful with that $10. And God will add to it. You go out and buy a lottery ticket, you ain't going to have nothing. You take the little that you have because little is much when God is in it. You might have just a little apartment, so you make it look beautiful. And God will trust you, and he'll give you bigger and more. But when you walk away from the little and say, ah, this measly nothing, your life's not going to matter in the long run. See, sometimes you've got to struggle. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you get knocked over, as they say. Sometimes you eat the bear, and sometimes the bear eats you. And you know what? I'm going to come back and fight that bear tomorrow again. I, I got no other answer for you to making your life matter. You can't walk away. You can't give up. You got to love. You got to know who you are. You got to know the power and glory that you carry in you. You are a fire carrier. So I'm going to ask for Lee to come. And, and the Lord showed me that there would be some people here today, just like me, that you're struggling to stand in what God's already given you. Maybe you're struggling with your health, with your marriage. You're struggling at work. Lee is going to sing a song of victory over you. So if that's you, and that's certainly me, every day is a new battle, but every day is a new victory. I'm going to ask you to stand with me if that's you. fighting a good fight of faith. If you have a good fight in you, say amen. amen. There's a good fight on the inside of us. And I know that I'm determined to live out every single day of my life fighting until the day that Jesus takes every breath in me to be with him face to face. And I encourage you not to bow to the discouragements of this life. I feel like there's this this theme going on in the house this morning, which is not to give up, which is not to give in, which is not to bow to your circumstance. You have a good fight. So let's fight this good fight of faith. Amen? Amen. Why don't we just bow our heads for a moment? You are my fire. You 
family in our hearts right now father we claim even the ones that are not saved we claim their souls for you right now father god 
We lay hold and we hold them in our hearts. We claim them for your glory, for your honor right now, Father God. And we declare over the lives that they shall be saved, Father God. Father Lord, we just thank you, O Lord God, for every situation that we're going through, every trial, every struggle that we're going through. I thank you, O Lord God, that we're not inferior to any problem that's in our household, any inferior or, or, or left to the mercy of every enemy that's trying to run through our houses, Father God. But, Father God, we are the righteous, and the righteous are as bold as a lion, Father God. And, Father God, we stand in the front doors, O Lord God, in the faces of the circumstances, and we say, be still and know, my God. Father, we say, be still and know, my God. So right now, if you're here and you're hurting, you're claiming a family member. Right now, if you just, you just want freedom in the household, if you want your own circumstances in your heart to be free, right now, just open up your heart and just say, be still. Speak to your storm right now. You don't have to depend on Pastor Miguel, Pastor Gary. You don't have to depend on anybody. You got the Spirit of God living inside of you right now. All you have to do is connect with him and say, be still. Be still and know that he is God. In Jesus' name. Amen. So for those up here, how many of you are declaring today, I'm going to stand for God. I'm standing in what God's given me. It might not be much. It might not impress anyone else. But God gave me this one-room apartment. God gave me this broken-down car. God gave me this measly ministry. <coughs> if that's you, just before God, I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand right now. It's, as a sign, God, I'm standing with you. I'm not going to turn. I will not be moved by what I see. What I hear, what people say about me, gossip will not affect me. So, Father, I just pray right now, God. I lift up, God, each one who has their hand raised before you today. And I decree victory over your household, over your family, in that job, in Jesus' name, in your health. As you stand for him, I break, I take authority over every spirit of division, every troubling spirit, every spirit that attacks you in your office, in your job, in your mind. In Jesus' name, I decree the power's broken right now. Just let it go. Let that thing go. Let that thought go. And Father, I just speak a blessing. Will you receive now the blessing of God? Some, the Lord is showing me right now that some of you feel like you've been cursed. Lee, there's people here, the Lord just showed me, and they feel like they're living under some kind of a curse, that everything you do seems to go wrong. You don't live under a curse. Jesus died to take that curse. You, you are the blessed of the Lord. You, you live under an open heaven. You have all the provision of heaven in place in your life. I break that curse. 
I break every pattern in your life that goes around and around. Those cycles of abusive relationships, I break it right now in Jesus' name. And I bless you. I bless you to succeed. I release the blessing of the Father over your life to walk in victory, prosperity, and peace. Just receive right now the peace of the Lord. You go home today with, with, with a new peace. Because wherever you're going home to, maybe you're going back now to a situation that you hate walking in the door one more time. Well, God is going with you. Something's going to change. Something's going to break loose this time. So I'm going to ask Josh to just come up and close. Whatever you want to say. All right, Lord God, I just thank you that you made all things new for us, Lord God. That all things are made new for us, Lord God. And even though we go through the trials of life, Father God, I thank you that every trial, when it ends, Father, brings victory, Lord God. I thank you our situations when we can't see, Lord, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. I thank you we know in our hearts, Father, and in your word that every situation ends up in our favor, Lord God. So I thank you for victory today, Lord God. I thank you we're not going to be a people that are, the, uh, are, that are defeated, Father God, but a people that seek you out, Lord God. A people of victory, a people of strength and, and have influence and, and power, Lord God, in this world through you, Jesus Christ. So I thank you, Lord God, for what you are doing with your people, Lord. I thank you that you watch over them. I thank you when they leave this place, Father God, you're protecting them, Lord God. You're making a way when we don't see it, Father God. I thank you for that. I thank you we don't have to know the whole picture, Lord God, to know that everything works out for us in the end, Jesus. So, Father, I pray for traveling mercies, Lord God, that you will watch over each person as they go home, Lord God, whether it's by bus, train, or car, Lord God. Protect them, Lord God. And I pray that this day, Lord God, will just be full of blessings, Lord God to begin a new week, Lord God, of blessings upon their lives, Father God, knowing, Father God, that you are for them and not against them. In the name of Jesus, Lord, amen. Amen. And if you still want prayer, we'll, we'll be here to pray for you. So if anyone came up and you want special prayer for something, we have people.